last day of the year at this time of the season, we kick off a brand new series called Endings and Beginnings. It's fitting because what we're doing in this series is taking a look at all the, all the maybe hang-ups and some of the habits that we've started in 2020, hang-ups and habits that are isolating us from the people around us, isolating us from the God above us. Turning those over to God, and we're saying, What do you want us to end? Not next year, not next season, but right now. And next week, we're going to ask God, What do you want us to, to begin? What do you want us to start doing? What new rhythm do you want us to pick up in order to honor you better in the new year? I first want to share a story with you. This one comes from um, when there was a couple who unexpectedly found themselves. Uh, to be having a child unexpectedly. And an angel came to them and said, this child that you are going to have is gonna, is gonna be special, is gonna be set apart. The child is going to save the people. Now it's not that story. We heard about that story last week already. Now this one comes from the Old Testament. This one comes from the book of Judges chapter 16. And the angel said that his name, this child's name, is going to be Samson, and he's going to save his people from the, from the Philistines, from the oppressors that are around you. And he's going to be special. He's going to be set apart. He is going to have supernatural strength. The story that I want to share with you this morning is a story where, where we find not only does he have supernatural strength, but he also is weak-willed and a waste of that strength. If you have a Bible nearby, you can open it up to Judges chapter 16, verse 1, where we read that one day, one day Samson went to Gaza, where he saw a prostitute, and he went in to spend the night with her. And it sounds so matter-of-fact, doesn't it, church? It's just, a, it's just one verse, almost like a throwaway line, but there's so much captured there. There's so much between those words. Just one day? Like, listen, how do you get from there to there in just one day? How do you end up in that place? You know, a little, little history is that Gaza was so far from, from Samson's hometown. In fact, Gaza was the capital city of the Philistines that he was supposed to be liberating his people from. And now he's in the capital. He's in that place. The journey that he would have taken, I'm not doing much lately. So, like, it's pandemic time. I had time to look it up on a map. It's 50-mile journey from his hometown to Gaza. You put that in terms of the number of steps, he's superhuman strength, he probably had a super long stride. That's something like 94,350 steps that it took to get the journey to Gaza. It didn't just happen in one day. One day he woke up and he was there, but he took 94,000 steps toward that end. It didn't happen just one day. And wherever you're ending up to, Whatever you began in 2020, listen, I just, I, I want us to have this like brutal moment of honesty and, and say none of us, nobody ever, you rarely end up in the wrong place in life because of just one bad choice. For Samson, it was 94,350 consecutive bad choices towards the same direction. I would like you just to, just to be honest for a moment. And I kind of just like that we're, we're doing worship this way right now because it's just, it's you and your Savior. And have this moment of honesty and say, what's maybe something that I picked up that I didn't intend to, but I've just been journeying towards this end, towards this destination, maybe even without even knowing it like Samson. Nobody ever intended 
to wake up with like in their the eyeballs in debt, just buying stuff all of the time, almost compulsively with friends knocking on the door and said, why do you keep doing this? Nobody ends up wanting, nobody wants a life like that. We just wake up and it's like, how does this kind of thing just sort of happen? Nobody ends up with a health problems because of a bad diet or exercise. Nobody ends up looking at one of those, those pictures of like the, the vape lung, you know, that we're all terrified that everybody has seen and said, man, how do I get one of those? 94,350 steps at a time in the same direction. Nobody wanted to be isolated and cut off from the people that they love, but like bad habits and hangups that start and are not concluded, are not ended in a timely way, and that's exactly what we have. Nobody wants to live a mediocre kind of purposeless life. But sometimes when we head in one direction for long enough, that's just where we end up. And so church, what I want to show you, what I would like you to ask is this one important question that I think that if you ask it in 2021, even if you ask it today on this last weekend of the year, I think it could dramatically change not your week or your year, this thing could dramatically change your life. But before I tell you what that question is, I'd like to show you where that question is. And for that, we're going to go to a New Testament book of Galatians chapter 6. Some of you have maybe heard of the fruit of the Spirit. This is like the opposite of that. This is the underside of that. This is the ugly other side. Listen to Galatians 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reap what, reaps what he sows. It, it's, it's a soil. It's farming imagery. We, we've heard this before. You pick what you plant. You're going to be biting into something later. I want to zero in on those first few words with us right now. Do not be deceived. I love how Paul so accurately captures the remarkable ability that we have as human beings to trick and to deceive ourselves. Like, we, we have this astounding ability to trick ourselves into, into lies being truth. It's just one. I deserve this. I've had a stressful week. I can quit whenever I want to. Or the big one that we're telling us right now is somehow, magically, when that clock flips from December 31 to January 1 in 2020 is now over. Everything is going to be better. Just listen to these words ring out over your life right now. Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. You reap what you sow. You pick what you plant. This important question that could change your week, change your life is this. Not what is it, is what will this grow into? You know, a little while ago, my kid came home from school, and he's got this plastic cup of dirt in it, and I'm like, what is it? See, that was the wrong question, because he looks at me, and he's like, it's a cup of dirt, and there's a seed in it, and I'm like, I, I used my context clues. I could have gotten that one. I mean, I should have asked, not what is it? What is it going to be? What's it going to grow into? And he's like, I don't know, and he, and he walked away. So we watered it, and we kept it by the windowsill, and it started to grow, and it kept on growing. I mean, for a moment, I thought we had like a jack and a beanstalk situation as it just kept popping up. Friends, now I know that we are the only house in the suburbs where we live. We're on the windowsill next to the street so everybody can drive by and, and, and see it in the window. That we've got a stalk of corn growing out of a paper cup. 
The question isn't what isn't when he brought it home. No, no, no. Better question. What's it going to grow into? You know, as we talk about some of those, like, um, those hang-ups or those habits that maybe you've started in 2020 that are isolating you, separating you, cutting you off from God, the question right, isn't what is it right now. The question is, what's it going to grow into in your lifetime? And I'd love for you to just like to summon up 30 seconds of just pure courage and face it, direct on, and name it. Because you cannot defeat what you will not define. So name it. Right now when it's just you and your Savior driving in the car, maybe on a couch somewhere, and just name whatever that thing is that's cutting you off that you know this year, today, needs to end. Name it. You cannot defeat what you will not define. I want to start, and I would like to give you some categories, some options to kind of like peruse through and to choose. Now you're going to hear some of these and think like, yes, maybe all of them. I would encourage you today to choose just one, because if you choose all of them, you'll do none of them, so choose one of them. They fall in a few different categories. There's uh, attitude issues things, there's digital things, and there's substance things. Uh, number one, attitude things. I call this the three horsemen of the apocalypse. Attitudes, criticism, complaining, comparing. Just name, what, what, what have I picked up this year that I just know needs to stop? I do not want to bite into that thing later on, next year, or next decade. I'm going to name it right now so I can start to end it today. An attitude thing, maybe a digital thing. It's a screen time, a, a show that you've been binge watching when you shouldn't be doing other things. It's distracting you from infinitely more important things. And you're like, no, 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 I just need to be done with this thing. A substance thing. Sugar addiction, nicotine addiction, alcohol addiction. Some of you know a lot of people right now because of some health setbacks or some chronic pain management. There's other addictions that, that start to some other pills that you didn't ever think was going to be you. And so if you've got this pain pill addiction, that kind of substance, listen, whatever it is, you need to know that you are not alone, that there is help. I would love for you to, to send us a message right now exactly where you are in this 30 seconds of courage and to reach out and say, I want to be freed from this in the name of Jesus. And you'll know, we've got people monitoring it. We're ready, to, we're ready to pray with you. We're ready to receive you. We're ready to give you some resources for what comes next. You are not alone. Emails help at encounterchurch.org. You are not alone. Name it. You cannot defeat what you will not define. And then interrupt it. Any conversation about habits, about this new life, I think this has to, has to start with a, this little book, um, The Power of Habit. And the author uh, talks about the, the power that habits have, for better or for worse, is that, is that comes in these cycles. The habits come in the cycles of, uh, of, of trigger, action, and reward. And you've got to interrupt, you've got to jump in, you've got to do something or else. Listen to what Paul says next. This is, the, this is the or else that comes next. In verse 8, continuing on in Galatians 6, that whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Does that, does that seem like extreme to you? 
Like, Dirk, I thought we were, I thought we were having this conversation about, like, hang-ups that we need to, we need to end this year, you know, to, to, to make a new, better year next time. And now we're talking about destruction. Now we're talking about eternal life. I mean, that, that's a bit much, isn't it, Paul? I think what Paul understands isn't what it is. He has, again, this ability of knowing what it's growing into. And he knows the difference between destruction and eternal life often looks like just a few degrees. And and when you're just starting off and when you're in the midst of it, it doesn't look like much. But over time, as it goes by, that few degrees becomes an infinite gap between the two with one looking a lot like heaven and the other looking a lot like hell. And he's going, don't let this thing take over you. You are not going to like what you bite into a little later on. Name it and then interrupt it, whatever you can. I love the the example of the interruptive power that it has. Some of the, the triggers, you pull up to a stoplight and instinctively, that's the trigger, you reach over and pick up your phone. That's the action. And you look and there's a text message from a friend of yours. That's the reward. I need, to, I need to respond to that. It's like, come on. You know how dangerous that is. You know how awful that is. You've heard stories. You know people who have gotten hurt texting and driving. You know. And destruction all of a sudden doesn't seem like quite so much of an overstatement. Does it? A couple of ways of interrupting that thing. I mean, interrupt the, the trigger. Either you just blow right through all the red lights. I wouldn't recommend that one. That's not safer. Or the phone goes in the trunk. Just one thing. You get the phone out of the trunk when you get out of the car. It's just one thing. Paul continues on with some encouragement in his final verse in verse 9. And he says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we do not give up. Do not give up up you know what you know what makes me weary the lack of results some of you are going to commit to end something i hope you share it with me i I would love to know how this message encouraged you to end something and i'll just share um one of mine as as i start this up and getting ready to share this message with you is is that Years back, earlier in January, I used to have a notification that that came to my phone that told me how much screen time I have every week. Well, in the pandemic times, I didn't like that number very much, so I shut the notification off. Leading up to today, I'm like, hey, listen, I'm going to talk about this thing. You know, I'm going to do, I'm going to take my own medicine here. I'm going to turn that notification back on. And I'm going to work really, really hard so I have a cool story to leave you with today of success on this thing. And you know what I find out? If I know that I'm a broken sinner, I mean, I work really, really hard on this thing. I get like four minutes less, far short of the goal, and like weariness sets in. And Paul's encouragement, do not be weary, for at the proper time you will reap a harvest. Do not give up. Do not give up. Don't give up because somebody once told me, and I love this line so much, I have to share it with you, that you will you will dramatically overestimate what you think can be done in the short term, in the short run, but you will vastly underestimate what God can do with a lifetime of faithfulness and obedience. Do not give up. The harvest 
is coming at the proper time. Do not give up. It's slow. It's weary. It doesn't look like much. Do not give up. On December 17, 1903, Orville took out his makeshift airplane and he got it up in the air and he flew for 120 feet. A little later that afternoon on the same day, his brother Wilbur took the same craft up in the air and flew it 852 feet just outside Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. It was the first controlled human flight. David McCullough wrote their story of the, of the Wright brothers. And he says, this is probably the most remarkable human achievement of the 20th century. Yet his, their nephew of the Wright brothers was in and out of their office in Ohio, their, their workshop, where they were tinkering, where they were fixing, whether they were, where they were failing, where they were trying again and again and again. And their own nephew said, I was around it the whole time and I had no idea that history was being made. It all looked like so commonplace. That's how family described the most remarkable achievement, human achievement of the 20th century, commonplace. It didn't look like much. History was being made in the ordinary, in the shop, in the failing and in the tinkering and in the fixing. History was being made. Something needs to end in your life and it's gonna look like commonplace. Maybe it's gonna look like a little less shopping on Amazon for yourself. Maybe it's gonna look like just putting the phone down and it's going to look like commonplace, and it isn't even going to look like very much. But listen to me one more time, is that you will far overestimate the short term and far underestimate what God is going to do with a lifetime of obedience. It isn't just commonplace. History is being made. Do not give up. The harvest is coming. And right now I want to talk to the person who's been walking 94,349 steps in the wrong direction. And the gospel of Jesus tells us that there's a more important number than all that. It's the number one. In Jesus Christ, one is the number of steps that is required to turn back home and head on back to the loving arms of Jesus. One step, that's what he's asking for you today, is just one step to turn around and come on back home where his arms are waiting. It doesn't matter how far you've walked on or what your Gaza looks like, he's asking you to take that one step and come on back home today. I'm gonna close this up in prayer and if, like, if, if you're feeling that God is moving in your heart, that the Spirit is whispering into your life today to take that step and come on home. If you're praying this prayer with me and you're ready to take that step, send us a message. Better yet, go to encounterchurch.org slash baptism because it's time to show the world that no matter how many steps you've taken toward Gaza, you're ready to take that one step and come on back home. Let's pray together. Jesus, we pray for everybody right now who's taking these steps in the wrong direction.
God, we pray for, for those of us in the room here today. We pray for those watching online, wherever they might be, whenever they might be. God, we're in this as we're walking down toward our Gazas. And that road, that path leads to destruction, God. And you have something so much more in store for us. It's called life eternally. God, may we end those things that are separating us from you, that are isolating us from each other. God, in this 30 seconds of courage, may we have to take the one step to come on home into your loving arms. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. God bless you as you end out 2020 and as you bring in 2021.